listening to the music podcast with Dave and Neil. Everybody, welcome to <laughs> the Muses. That's the first time we played that theme song. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that theme song. Yeah. Uh, that's very A exciting. plus, Michael. Well done. We love that. Um, guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we It's a very different setting right now because not only are we joined by very special guest, Julie Zamiro. Hello. We're all standing, apparently. Uh, yes. Little uh, off, off Julia stage. Came in Julia came said, I don't do chairs. I don't do chairs. You're all standing the fuck yeah. up. Kicked over I know. Chair. You know. You know that sitting is the new smoking. I wow! Right. Heard that. Yes, it is. So sitting will be as bad for you, they reckon, as smoking was, is, etc. Uh, so if I can stand, <laughs> is that I the will. Scientists that decided. Yeah, that? that's me. That's Doctor Zamiro. <laughs> in, uh, but it's just it's true because, and it's also about energy. I feel like I lose energy if I sit, so I like to stand. I do feel somewhat freer. Yeah. In do this you, darling? Position. You look freer, I, Dave. I also feel a little bit more exposed. Like I, I realize I'm holding my microphone <laughs> yeah. kind of in front of myself. I feel like this um, feels like a performance. It does. I'm very starving. But see how the energy's like started totally. at about 100? Totally. Look, I've been wanting to try stand-up now for a couple of years, and uh, maybe this is my first attempt. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be funny while standing. Correct. And now it's going to bring in an audience. Yeah. It'll be easy next time. next time. Easy. Boom. How great's that opening song? Did you like that was it? Good, yeah. little, that is a beautiful Thank piece you. of work. Good on you, Michael. It was well done played. by Michael. Here we are, well here at Vienna People um, in Annandale, the, uh, the wonderful music studio. Uh, yes. And uh, Michael whipped that up just to... He was mentioning before he had a little strings player in the studio. He's like, let's just do some strings, put together a little theme song. Talented. For you and that's why he's an ARIA Award nominated producer. Oh, well played. There's the plug, well Michael. There it is. Well played. Um, but Julia, thank you so much for coming by. Oh, look, I used to go to Sydney University 100 years ago, so I know this area quite well. Really? My oh. mum used to live in Camperdown. I'm not, uh, I'm not unfamiliar with Ray's Outdoors. Mm. How, <laughs> how, that way. how does it feel coming back? I mean, has it, it changed um, It has changed a lot. Um, and yet it hasn't. Well, I suppose, you know, Parramatta Road used to be the only way you could get out of Sydney to yes. go to the country or anywhere. And I had many, many times in a car on a Friday afternoon with family in the heat with people smoking in cars speaking of which um and sitting as well and sitting i know (laughs) double killer but um and i mean i guess it's still as busy but yeah sydney's changed a lot it's changed a lot not all for the better i I Mm. think but um but you know uh, we went on the ferry yesterday or the day before. Mm. Yeah, and it was amazing on the harbour is really the jewel in the crown there's no doubt about it whereabouts do you find yourself now Eastern suburbs for my sins. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Bondi Road, you know, in the 70s when Sydney was a bit new. Backpackers didn't exist. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did not exist. So how does how do you react when people are like oh eastern suburbs you're one of those? I'm one, a, a, well, there's a are bit of like, that. Shut up. Well, there's a mix of it, isn't yeah. there? You know, there's mm. posh areas and less posh areas, and it's nice to be near the sea. I'm actually more of in a in a city girl, yeah. mm. but the way it's transpired, I ended up there, and you know, for family reasons. But um, I, I was living in Fitzroy in Melbourne for about ten years, and mm. I couldn't find my Fitzroy um, here. There is no Fitzroy here. I know Surrey Hills would be close. Yeah. But oh, just affording to buy a place there was just – and finding the right place. It was – yeah, it's, it's all Sydney's, – Sydney's an expensive town. We find ourselves whinging about this on a weekly basis, but the lockouts as well. 
shit. I know. Like, just going out in general mm. is a shit fight. But none of them have any plans to leave any, anytime soon. No, no, kind of not yet. Yeah. To it. Unless you can pitch Melbourne to us. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't need to because it pitches itself. Well, Dave, it, it pitches keep... itself. There's nothing bad about that place. And the fact that Sydney is trying so hard to imitate it by putting trams in, mm. you know, oh. lockout laws, I mean, that's absolutely not what Melbourne does. But, um... Mm. But it's always, yeah, Melbourne, you know, maybe it stems from the fact that Melbourne, uh, in inverted commas, doesn't have anything gorgeous like a harbour or a beach. Sure, sure. So, like, any person who feels they don't have the looks, they work a lot on their character and on their conversation. So, you have amazing <laughs> venues where there's always music playing because it's colder in general. I mean, mm. it's been a heat wave there. You know, a little red wine doesn't go too far to get that conversation going. Mm. She has to, and I like to call Melbourne a she, sure. she has to work harder to go, but come inside, look at this little door with you don't know what's behind it. And inter- sure. So, and they do sport and arts mm. mix, you know. So, I'm not a huge sports fan, but you can adore sports over there and you can adore the art so you know our whole rock quiz orchestra um peter luscombe and ash naylor and james black and brian ankervis is not technically the orchestra but or they're all mad for the football but they're all mad for for music so you can be both and here even if you want to get someone to come to the theater in sydney if it's pouring with rain yee-haw they come but if it's sunny they're like why don't we go inside when we can yeah it's a bit of a binary isn't it you it is one or the other you can't have yeah. both yeah sydney. no well, maybe it's you hard. maybe you should go to melbourne dave because you don't like sport and maybe melbourne will help with that maybe maybe melbourne will make me like sport yeah mm. i mean i doubt it i <laughs> very strongly doubt it yeah i don't know if i could handle the cold that's my concern Oh, it's worth it for what you get in exchange. Yeah. I mean, I've they should that. use me as some kind of Melbourne tourist bureau. bureau Honestly, I but I mean, I feel even. I'm like hearing the pitch right now. <laughs> no, but <laughs> even, you know, with, with Rockwiz and with Home Delivery, the show I do on the ABC, we travel all around Australia touring or doing the show. And Sydney's becoming the least easy, fun, relaxed place to work in. So sure. I can't imagine when it's like live. Well, I live in it, living in it too. So you go to Brisbane, it's easy to get around. You go to Adelaide, yeah. it's easy to get around. Let alone, obviously, all the country towns we've been to with home delivery and touring with Rockwiz. But so I just say, do a sabbatical, go just to see a what it's like. Pop down, see yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Maybe I will. Maybe I Maybe will. Maybe you will. I'm going now, guys. This has been great. Get some take you to the MCG. Uh, you go to the MCG, Dave. He doesn't know what that those okay. three letters oh. mean. Oh. I don't know what it is. What is it? McDonald's. No, yes. M- 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 MCG Melbourne. Help him. Cricket ground. Yay. Attaboy. But they play other things there as well, which is oh, wow. confusing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, that is confusing. We're all learning. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't rag on Sydney too much because no, obviously Rock Wiz Live is playing two shows in Sydney. Correct. Uh, next month, um, which obviously well, you are here to plug. This will, Day. Yes, this month practically. Mm. It's the 1st oh, yeah, of shit, February first, already. Yeah. I know, can I you believe yeah. it? Can you believe it? It's not kind of depressing. Does time pass fast for you? Because you're much younger than I am. Do you find time passing fast? It's running out like Sam through an hourglass. Uh, sure, uh, <laughs> it can't be. Every every day is a step closer to the end. And, my, I mean, uh, my dad was like, "Why don't you turn twenty one? So we're twenty seven. Just reference. Wow. Dad's like, when you turn twenty one, life will go by. I'm like, shut up, dad. You're an idiot. And I felt like that was like last year. Twenty yeah. one. Mm. I still feel like a youth, but um, <laughs> I still feel like, like a baby. Every yeah. day, I like I'll look at like my life and be like, oh no, responsibilities now. Have yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. Bills to pay. You look like no, a you look like a youth. You both look like okay. youths. I you were about to say, is that a polite way of saying is that a polite way of saying hipsters? Are we going back to the hipsters thing again? Is this what's happening? No, you still got that exuberant lust for life. 
What, and you don't? You were the one that told um, us to stand. You're yeah. way more energy than we do. Yeah, look, do I have a lust for life? That's an interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> I'll say that a bit higher. Um, well, well, there's a slightly annoying thing about you feel like you've, oh, it's, I mean, I'm 50, I'll be quite honest with you, and you. it's not like you feel you've seen and done everything because clearly you haven't, but sometimes the best moment of the day is talking to kids because kids literally think everything they see is new for the first time. Yeah, that's true. And you just go, wow, that is incredible. <laughs> Bloody hell. And they're not cynical, they're not sarcastic, they're genuinely excited and you think, oh, come on, Julia, <laughs> bloody take a leaf out of their book. Yeah, so it's a bit of that, bit of that. But um, but no, look, I'm obviously extremely lucky in the work that I do and, and, and you know, being still healthy and being able to run around in high heels on a stage mm. is great fun, especially when you're surrounded by amazing musicians. So, mm. you know, it's amazing. I mean, what can you tell us about this, um, these big shows that are happening at Taronga Zoo? I mean, uh, we said before, happening on Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, well, the theme is love. Love, love theme. Of course it is. And we probably mm. won't be singing Lovers in the Air because we've done that before. But um, the, have you been to any of the zoo shows before? Yeah, yeah I have. They're great. Yeah. They're amazing. Uh, and if like if the performance is awful, at least the view is great. The view is yeah. amazing. Mm. Okay, it's the best view of all the zoo shows you'll get. Because totally, we've yeah. done some in Melbourne, we've done some in Perth. But... Um, and it's that sunset thing too. It's just so fully summer and so beautiful and that light coming down and people sitting around drinking their wine, eating their food. That's that relaxed atmosphere that you just so love. Um, but uh, there's a bit of a love theme. So the questions will be love themed. And like every show, we won't be giving you one or two, but we'll be giving you four musical what? guests per show. Boom. Boom. Okay. So, yeah, the, the, this All one's right. like obviously the Whitlam's, Tim Friedman, you've got Alex Leahy. Leahy. Now, I may just say Alex Leahy is just the find of the year for me. I, we've had her on the show a couple of times um, on the telly and we went on tour, went on tour we, she came with us. Um, she's an extremely busy young lady, but she's just so full of energy and so – see, that's what I mean. Like I see someone, Alex, and I want to just plug into her and get a bit of energy from her yeah. mm. because she's at the beginning of her career. She's got her head screwed on the right way. She absolutely knows what's going on and she's so excited by mm. it and writing great music. And so, yeah, so Alex Lay will be there. Wendy Matthews, who is uh, probably more from my generation of music, she sounds incredible incredible looks incredible she's been around for such a long time she's worked with everyone she's the most beautiful collaborator mm-hmm. it's important for us to have people who can work together because we do duets on the show sure of course. obviously so um i think i think uh wendy and tim friedman are doing their duet together i think alex lay and fraser a gorman are doing their duet together yep. um and in between that We'll be getting, obviously, four people out of the audience. We pick our contestants on the day. They're never pre-organised. We pick them on the day via another little selection process that Is Brian that, and Kerr that's a little runs. bit terrifying. Like, where have you get a guy who's just put his hand up because he's a little bit drunk and he gets on stage and he crumbles? Absolutely, and we've thought of that. Um, <laughs> Brian Ankervis runs a little pre-show thing where he gets yeah. 24 people up yeah. and Ooh. the best four that get through to the end make it on stage into my part of the show. So it's a clever way of actually going, yeah, come up and have fun, see what you can do. You're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. And (laughs) the top four, absolutely. But it's in front of everyone, so you see that it's all above board. Yeah, Yeah. okay. And and also it means that Brian can also go, okay, we always get too many men up here, any women who want to come up. So it's just a way of just evening it out a little bit. And um, my job, well, the show just wouldn't exist without those contestants. Mm. They are incredible. Yeah. We've had 
you know, we've been doing this show for 12 years. We've done over 300 shows. There have been four contestants per show, not counting live shows. And I can count on one hand the difficult people we've had. They are all switched on. They are all incredible. They're all people you'd want to have a drink with. Mm. They love the show. So, yeah, if it wasn't for them, we'd be in dire straits. Yeah. I mean, it is a show that you guys have been doing, you know, it's, it's almost now a staple uh, in terms of, you know, Australian sort of television and, and, and sort of live shows. I hope so. I mean, is it something that we can expect for many, many more years to come? Well, it's funny. I'll tell you what shits me. Um, Dave and Neil, is um, when people, you'll read articles and people will say, oh, it's just such a shame there's no live music on TV. You know, well, there is. We've, we've, yeah, we do it. Um, you know, Spicks and Specs, which was a fantastic quiz, uh, music quiz show, they eventually got a band on there and eventually had live music. But we had a band on there every week from the beginning with a sol- two solos and then a duet at the end celebrating live music. And in the last five years, we've amped it up by bringing a third person on on the TV show who just does a standalone song. So in terms of not having live music on TV, yes, it's not a, a Tonight Show. Sure. And it's not an early morning recovery or type show, but it's been there the whole time. And I guess the beautiful thing is SBS doesn't have a lot of money, but they've let us do what we want most of the time. Sometimes there are more episodes per series, sometimes there are less. But with that creative control also comes the fact that you're a bit cult and you're a bit under the under the wire sometimes and sometimes you're not very visible or they might start repeats. It's so random. Sure. Oh, we're repeating the show now. Are you where on that? Oh, okay, we've been on Max and we've been on Viceland. We've been on everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So we're hoping to do another series this year. It's 95% sure. But again, yeah. SBS and ABC have lost a lot of money from the government in terms of support and SBS has to think about what else they want to make. You know, that yeah. I think that's fair enough. So we've got our fingers crossed and we hope so. But because we keep working live, we did a two-month tour around Australia in June, July in last year in 2017. We'll always do that. We'll yeah. always work live. You know, we're doing it now with this show. We're doing, we always do a show at Easter at Melbourne that fills out 2,000 seater. So we know the audience is there, but, you know, TV time and money, uh, TV money is, pre- is precious. Yeah, absolutely, especially at the moment. It would seem. Mm. And, and, and like I say, you know, of course each time each station wants to change it up and do different things and stuff, but we know the show's popular. And we would be the first to go, we don't think we should make any more if we thought the quality wasn't as good. Mm. But when we can attract newbies like Alex Lay and Fraser A. Gorman and people who've been around a long time who are so part of, you know, our generation of music like Tim Friedman or Wendy Matthews, Clearly it's working and clearly people want to do it. And the band is so good at rehearsing, being ready for those performers so they don't have to spend hours rehearsing. They're shit hot. They mm. they were there at New Year's Eve this year on the ABC. They were the pretty, it was pretty much the Rockwiz band yeah. um, doing that uh, gig and it went off. So, yeah, if we weren't up to it, we wouldn't want to keep doing it, but we think we are. So yeah, If ABC or SBS were to come to you in, in an ideal world, mm. Ideal world, if they said, hey, we'll let you guys do whatever you want, live show or TV audience? Well, we do do it live in front of we – do, we do film it in a pub, sure, yeah, so yeah. it's pretty live. <laughs> um, I guess it's more – I mean, the thing is too, there's no, if they said to you, or, you know, you could do it every week for the rest of the year as a Tonight Show, that would be great too. Yeah. But again, the problem in Australia is will always be a guests. We will not get the turnover of guests that they can get uh, in Europe or in or in America, yeah, where people sure. are always passing through, there's always somebody. 
it's rich enough. And it's, it's true that if you say, if you're making a show around Blues Fest time, when so many internationals come and then do little offshoot shows up uh, around that, wow. I mean, and, and the times we have been able to film in April, because it's so random, we get them. Yeah. It's great. We get them. Yeah. But um, it can't be a year-long thing because even a Today Show in the morning can only fill so much with a guest star that comes in. I mean, they'll get movie people or whatever. But so that, yeah, even if you did it every, once a week, you'd still be challenged in finding. It's like a logistical mm. nightmare of actually getting the mm. number of people in yeah. you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also make such an effort to have someone from the past and someone from now. Mm. So that, you know, I've literally felt the audience when we're filming at the SB. You'll announce the first guest, It'll you reveal it, and you see half of them go, well, I don't know who that is, <laughs> it's someone new, and by the end of that song, they're sold. Yeah. yeah right. And that's always your prejudgment as a music listener. You know, you go, well, I don't know who it is. And it's like, well, free your mind. And, you know, <laughs> and, when, and how can you not react to, a, to someone who's live playing sure. in front of you? Yeah. You know, it's the, their energy or their softness or their vulnerability or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then they do a duet at the end with the more famous person who might come out. And then they're like, oh, this works. This is so great. And they'll often go and buy something the next day, which is always a bonus. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, because Dave and I do this a lot before we get guests on the show, and this is probably a question more for home delivery than it is Rockwiz. Mm. Are you ever concerned when booking guests or booking at times, like when we've done, we've gotten to interview some of our heroes, that A, what if this person is the worst? And B, what if they're just a shit guest? Like, what if you bring them in and you're firing fun questions and they just give you nothing to work with? Has that happened and is that still a fear? Um, with home delivery particularly, we use, you know, we can ask all the people we like and a lot of people come back and say, I love the show but I don't want to do it because I don't want to talk about my childhood, which is fair enough. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> yeah, sure. for some people it was hideous. Yeah. Um, on the other hand... When we do book people, we do talk about if we think that there's someone who will tell a story. Mm. And it doesn't mean you have to be the best storyteller in the world. It just means will they be chatty? And usually the production company that makes it, CJZ, you know, um, part, of that, uh, part of that company used to d- produce enough rope with Andrew Denton and they know a lot of those guests already. I mean, he interviewed practically everyone in the country. Mm. So you know the vibe of it. Mm. And then there's me. It's how will they talk with me? Because that's the other thing, isn't it? You hope, we all hope when we interview, don't we, that they'll get, they'll, they'll get a special moment with us. I always remember Amanda Keller telling her story about interviewing John Cusack when she was doing her Triple M with Andrew Denton years ago, doing yeah. Triple M Radio, the huge, highest rating breakfast. Anyway, John Cusack came in and she was like, look, I know I'm married. I'm obviously, I'm married. I'm happily married. My children are. But oh, John Cusack, just such a crush. She just adored him. She thought, I, she said, I, I feel like we'll have something special. I just feel like <laughs> there'll be something amazing. Yeah. Anyway, apparently, it turns up in a bit of a parachute tracksuit material outfit, which yeah. is, would have been crushing on every level. You expect him <laughs> being his big, nice coat from the shore thing or something. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and um, he comes in and she said, there was nothing. There was nothing. There was no vibe. There was no, I mean, he was yeah. barely there for the interview. And it is, it is crushing. But if Amanda can't get something out of someone, mm. sweet Jesus, none of us can. <laughs> I just, you know, to me, whether she knows it or not, she was like a mentor for a long time, just even on radio for me listening to her and watching her. So with us, you know, with home delivery, you know, sometimes you luck in. And I tend to find that because you are walking and talking with them, mm. 
they open up more. It's like we're standing now instead of yeah, sitting. Right, yeah. I said, they said, you, you know, uh, the whole thing came about of home delivery. Do you want to do an interview show? And I said, well, not if it's in a small, not if it's in a TV studio in front of an audience. I want to be walking, talking. Sure. And people free up, you know, they'll see something that reminds them of a story. If they want to get emotional, they don't feel like they're being watched by a hundred eyes. They're actually yeah. it's just me and them and sure, a camera crew, but they're where they're supposed to be. So when you get a Glenn McGrath who is an amazing bowler and he's bowling against the barn door where he grew up, that's going to bring up a whole sort of bunch of mm. stories and emotions that you wouldn't get anywhere else. With Sam Neill... You know, the actor, we took him back to New Zealand. He'd just done Hunt for the Wilder People. He'd done Peaky Blinders and obviously done lots of other films and stuff. And he was just ready to talk, mm, yeah, ready to share. And that interview was so good. We, we asked the ABC if we could extend it by 10 minutes and it's the only one we've ever extended. But it was a 40-minute show because the country was divine. The places we visited were so interesting. And he's just a consummate storyteller. So, And the ones where it doesn't work... Well, I won't name names, but occasionally there's only been a couple and I think what happens is they turn it on for the camera. Yeah, sure. But off camera they might just be quiet. Well, we've had that, haven't we, Dave? Y- yeah, yeah, Not right. naming names, us big shot interviewers. We've, we've had our fair share of awful yeah. interviewees. But it's interesting, isn't it, when they go, they'll do it for oh, when totally. the camera, and then they'll go off. Yeah, totally. and again, without naming names, like one of the people that I had that with, they don't think you were there for this one. Maybe not. He was a comedian. So good mm. when we were talking. As soon as we were off air, well, thanks. Yep. Bounced. Yep. No conversation before or after. Mm. Well, it's it's something that, you know, because we were obviously, I mean, we've been doing it for a little while, but I think, you know, we still, I still consider myself quite new to this, like new to interviewing people. And like you do wonder, and you do get better, I think, at sort of um, facilitating those conversations. Yeah. And I think like the more and more I do it, the more I realize that, well, a lot of the onus is actually on on us as the interviewers mm. and like, yeah, it's great if someone comes in and they're like chitty chatty and they're, they're loving it and they're like happy to have a conversation. But like there have been interviews, which I feel like we've, we've been able to turn around where someone has shown up and not been keen at all. Mm. And then, you know, somehow we've, by the end of the interview, they've kind of warmed up. And mm. I mean, it helps for us that we have a 30 minute format. So we've got like <laughs> 20 minutes to kind of warm to win them, them up. Over, yeah. We might get like 10 minutes at the, at the end but of see, it. That's quite, but I always, th- I almost think that's a pretty good ratio. Because, you know, not everyone's an instant chatter and performer. Mm. They might be amazing at their art or or their job or what they do, but that's the other skill. And with with me, what I had to learn with home delivery, because, of course, you know, I interview people through rock quiz in terms of talking to contestants Mm. and flirting like a mad thing, but, you know... Helps. Tip one, flirt. Thank tip you. one, yeah. oh, tip one, flirt. Tip two, flirt notes. nicely. Uh, <laughs> tip three, flirt. Uh, but um, but I think with home delivery too, after the first few episodes, I just went, oh, I need to shut up more. I just had to listen more mm. and let there be uncomfortable silences. We all know. Yeah. Really well <laughs> See what we did there? Because oh. every time I watch like sixty minute interviews away. and there's like there's like ten second pauses, I'm like they've edited that. I, I think so. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, you can fake that. There's yeah. no doubt. And you know, of course, what we're presenting is an edited version of you know we shoot for five hours a day and we only need twenty seven minutes. So mm, there's yeah. obviously going to be you know cuts, sure. cuts and 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 how we suggest something. You know, I'm not going to. Of course, the way you edit it will suggest a particular way of looking at that person or thinking about that. But at the end of the day, with the producer and the uh, DOP and the uh, director, we sort of go, what do we think the direction of that show is going to be? There's almost three stories you could tell with that particular guest. Yeah. Mm. Was it about fighting the odds? Was it about um, finding themselves or was it about winning, you know, or whatever it might be? 
so each episode's bespoke and that's pretty great. Mm. We do love that part of it, mm. yeah. Now, to jump to a sort of a different side of Please. things. Um, obviously, we wrapped up the barbecue, came out um, very recently. Yes. Uh, you were a VCA grad, uh, come from a background of acting. Thank you for that. Being an actor. Thank you so much. Uh, but then you took, a, like, I guess, a little break from acting for, to be a presenter. And now the barbecue, it, it almost feels like it's... It's you jumping back in there and well, and it's not that it. you Does take that a like- break. It's just that you get asked to do things because they think you're a good presenter. And I must have auditioned for about oh, so many presenting jobs, and then the Rockwiz one came along, mm. and it was the one that got picked up. Mm. Thank God it was music. I went for dating show host, <laughs> bloody dogs doing trick hosts. I mean, you know, Which would have better been guns, fun. Oh. better guns. Well, it would have been fun in the when you're thirty. Yeah, but as you get old, you go, yeah, I think I'm done with that. <laughs> Watch a show that's a dating show, and you introduce like people to people, but they have their animals with them, yeah. and then it's about do the animals get along? Dave, because you're sick for that, aren't you? Uh, you're the, weird with yeah. that, man. Dave, yep. write it down. Don't bro- cut this bit. Yeah, just cut this bit. Write it down. Pitching people it. will bloody love that. <laughs> Let's put it on. Let's put it on. You, me, right now. You, you host it. Yeah, I'll direct it. There'll be funny little cool. segments where maybe they meet through their dog, so it's <laughs> not just the dog that. Man, it's like the dog. They're like in like other different rooms, and we let the dogs into the the middle room, and they got to watch through the doors. Like, oh, they're going really well, and they're gonna choose who they're gonna date based on. It's writing itself. It's It's writing itself, and then you you visit them two months later. How's it going? How's it going? Did they break up? The dogs still get along really, really well. Are there puppies? (laughs) You never know. I love that show. Oh. Look, Spin off about the puppies. Your mum at one point was breeding dogs, wasn't she? Just I get her to make a couple. Yeah, reckon, make a couple. I reckon we do this. I reckon. I reckon. I mean, you, you got all your friends at SBS. Yes. I've got the great idea. Yes. Neil's I like dogs. In this I like dogs. We'll, uh, this we'll is talk a about it. Private conversation. We're having. <laughs> that is we'll hilarious. The music podcast with Dave and Neil. I used to Please. love the cinema. Mm-hmm. Used to go at least once a week with my dad, and more with by myself. But my dad and I had a regular date on a Monday see a lot of art house French films but I rarely go to the cinema now I reckon I go two or three times a year and I'm mortified but it's become such an unpleasant experience unless you go to a little art house type place there's no staff if the thing's not working you physically have to get up out of your seat and go and find someone and say can't you hear the sound is bad you're talking to two former projectionists am I oh yeah we are. We, Shut up. We yeah. were projectionists. We uh, not by careers to get through uni. It wasn't a dream of ours. But we, I'm we, gonna have to squeeze you. Yeah. That <laughs> is so lovely. Let me squeeze you. Oh, Thank you. that is wonderful. Yeah, we, um, well, it was. We, it was we, wonderful. But now when we go to the movies, if like there's a scratch on the screen or oh, if something's true. wrong, it's it's the worst thing we could have done is but we become projectionists. One of the last generation to do film, and so we <gasps> lost our jobs when they all when they switched to digital. Right. Um, you know, we went downstairs and started sweeping up popcorn instead, which didn't, we didn't survive long that. Uh, but but yeah, there is there's definitely been an evolution of of the cinema experience. There's the feature film story right there. Mm. Two, two boys to... who switch from film. I mean, because no one knows that stuff. They don't. I've know... pitched this to Dave so many times. He's like, no one cares about that now. I do. Just give it a rest. Well, so, I'll care. We'll Fair number one. We're gonna get you out to the cinema at least once. There's so <laughs> much in that story. Well, okay, film. wait. So, question: What was the last film you saw at the cinema? And don't say like, oh, Jurassic Park when that come out because it was no, 91. no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, the barbecue, my own film. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't see that one. Yeah. Well, uh, look, it would have been something foreign. Yeah. Mm. Something Danish. That's what it was, or Swedish. <laughs> yeah. Something Scandinavian. Yeah. Okay. It was. Was there anything, Dave? I'm going to refer to you on that one. 
Uh, was there a Danish film? Like, no, like a mainstream Danish film that has come out um, recently? Oh, I mean, would it ever be mainstream? I don't think so. That's how, that's how bad it is. Yeah, wow. That's how bad it is. I will definitely go and see Sweet Country because sure. yeah, that is a film that you want to see on the big screen yeah. and you want to see. But, you know, I know everyone says it, but the quality of television has been higher in terms of quality and so we tend to watch more TV now, which is astounding really, or, you know, made for TV. It's not on TV. It might be on whatever or the other Netflix hoo-ha. But, mm. but I'll definitely go and see Sweet, Sweet Country. And, you know, you want to see films that have a um, visual element to them on a big screen. But, I mean, this experience of going, it's bad enough, you know, it's bad enough when people bring in, you know, Thai takeaway food and eat it in the background. You're going, oh, come on, mate, just have a popcorn if you have to eat something. <laughs> yeah. You know, you hear the smell it wafting through. Yeah. Um, the phone thing gives me the shits, people on their phones. But it's, I mean, see, but it's a film, so they, can do, they do it at home. <laughs> what can I do? The talking shits me. There's no staff. That shits me. Yeah. And then, you know, the theatre and people are texting in the theatre. You just want to... I mean, I, oh. I just you I let them. I let them have you it. You want them to, to I let feel them pain. have it. I just I, tap them and go. <laughs> I have a lot of friends uh, that are actors, and um, one of my friends was telling me the other day he was just wrapped up a play uh, at the old Fitz, and he had someone in the front row um, Instagram storying him um, mid performance the whole way through, just just filming like, his little Snapchats and Instagram just, stories. Did you just, did you just cop it? Or well, he, I mean, you just you can't break out. Yeah, He's got to do the thing. But like, there's like no one really has a sense anymore of of like proper etiquette for being in a cinema or being in the theatre anymore. I used to They've do forgotten. Shakespeare in high schools and we used to try and explain to kids that it's, it's live happening, it's not TV. Mm-hmm. And this was 20 years ago. Now it's even worse. I went and saw friends of mine do a, a comedy show, two very funny guys from England, very physical show. And I'd seen it before and I love them. I thought they're fantastic. It's called New Art Club. They're wonderful. And anyway, there's this woman in the front row leaning behind her boyfriend on the phone texting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they call her out. The boys call her out and say, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Are you texting? Get off the phone. She says, oh, actually, I'm on eBay. <laughs> we were like, what? So this woman is on eBay buying something. But is she buying like maybe a house that she needs to live in? Like if it's, it was just a bit of Tupperware. I mean, sometimes, you know, with those bits, they get pretty pretty down to the wire. Like you don't want to miss it just because you're just get watching out of the theatre show. Now, there's no doubt they got a laugh, obviously. Got a laugh Absolutely. from the audience. And the boy's like, you're what? Anyway, blah, blah, blah. And they sort of dealt through it, went through it. And, and at one point they say to her, well, I hope you don't get it, whatever it is you're buying, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, get to laugh. They get back to their show. She still keeps going. But they couldn't see. If I'd say, if you want to do it, sit in the back row. She was like in the third row. Yeah. Anyway, of course, I have to go up to her at the end and give her a bit of a piece of my mind, right? <laughs> she looked at me like I was nuts. And she just said, actually, do you know what? Stand-up comics love it. They really, really love it when people talk and do stuff and during a show. They love it because it gives them something to talk about. That's how I met my last boyfriend. And I thought, where can well. I go with that? <laughs> I think no way. Let her live on. Did, wait, did, did you say fair enough, or did you just lose it? No, I just kept being. I, I get a little bit, a little bit school teacher, and mm. that's I really because if I otherwise I know I'll swear. So I get into school teacher mode to try and keep it nice. Yeah. But do a bit of and do you know you must realise and this is and people are performing and it's live and all that rubbish. You put that accent on as well. Oh, I, re- I kind of do. I can't because I, I know because also I know I'll swear if I don't, and I, I can't be seen to be swearing to a member of the public. Not sure. for the brand. Anyway. I forget about it. Yeah. 
And then months later, someone said to me, have you checked your Facebook page? Now, I don't have a Facebook page under my name. It's someone else doing a fan appreciation society or something. Which is nice. Which is lovely. Thank you. And someone found, and there it was, someone going, because they thought it was me running my own page and going, how dare you come up to me? And and that was the boyfriend saying, what a bitch she is. She came in she told us, well, we were watching a show. But this is not the boyfriend she met through stand-up. This is a new one. (laughs) Anyway, so you've got to be careful what you say. Jesus. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Should <laughs> <laughs> we? Just lifting it to that level. Well, I, I know we're gonna let you go. So, um, otherwise, uh, I'd love to hear about. Uh, uh, I'd love to hear about your stories of you abusing theatre patrons for the rest of the evening. If we well, could, but, you know, um, when they're eating chips in the front row and it's a really moving scene, it's like your friend was saying, "What can you do? You can't go, hey." Stop, stop cracking your stop chips it. in your mouth. Exactly. It's the worst. As uncomfortable as that would be. It would be. Well, Julia, thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, thank you. Rock Wiz Live, Twilight Taronga. It's the 10th in Melbourne, then the 14th in Sydney, the 15th in Sydney. Two nights Ooh, in Sydney. Night Two Sydney. nights. Double night um, Sydney. Catch a ferry. Come on down. Thank you for coming. Thank you for giving us some energy. This is probably the best podcast we've had. I feel oh. so fit right now. Don't you? I feel like I could run a marathon. Oh, you you couldn't so run grounded. outside. <laughs> So the aircon to be turned back on. Right? I know. You know what? Can I just quickly um one? This is going to be a Please. big topic, but I'm just going to sum it up. Uh, Do it, D- Dave. He was the Eurovision director of Isaiah. <gasps> you used to be the host. Bond. Well, were Bond. you really? See, Dave, this what? is what I mean. Why do you not like? I would have like I would like put like a sticker That's on my fantastic. shirt. Fantastic! I didn't know that, Dave. Well, you know, there was no reason you would have known that. I guess. No, because I wasn't um, part of that year. I wasn't part no, of that which year. Which is what you want to ask. You, you were like... All right, I'm, there's I'm always fanboy. time for Eurovision. I'm fanboying a little bit. I feel like, because we, we heard a quote that was about um, you not necessarily approving of Australia being mm. involved in the competition. Mm. Would you please elaborate? I would be delighted. Please do. When Sam and I started the show, they had no idea if it was going to work. So we arrive in Russia in 2009 and we kind of just dumped in it and it was such an exciting new adventure. Sam knew nothing about the competition. I knew a lot more. It made for a perfect combination of someone who was trying to go, isn't this great? And then Sam going, I don't get it. It was perfect. <laughs> Never nasty, but he was always like, wow. And then he'd fall in love with a couple of them. He'd go, oh, Portugal, how lovely would they be? And so we, we developed a way of being throughout the show. And a few years in, you can start to feel that when we go to the commentators' briefings, because there's, you know, 40 other countries there with 40 other commentators, except they don't get filmed, they just get heard, mm. right? So they do the commentary, whereas we do the but Especially we get seen. the face of Eurovision. Yeah. yeah. So, but they would chat, and of course they come up and say, why, why does Australia love it so much? And we would have the best talks about, yeah. I don't know, isn't it weird? Maybe because there's a lot of Europeans here to begin with, but we know that it's opening up. It became a bit of a gay thing for a while. Now it's also a family thing. It pleases everyone. As my friend Jeff Wallace says, it's the happiest night of the, of the year. Yeah. And, and we all adore it and it's great. And they, I think, those, I think the, the other people, the Europeans there, loved that we were outsiders who had nothing to do with it who loved it. Yeah. Now, when we sing at Interval, that's exciting with Jessica. It's very exciting because we do watch it and we're a big part of it. That's great. Mm. Even a wild card I can understand Mm. with Guy. But to be a a regular member, you are taking away some other European country's uh, possibility of being in the final. So now that we're in a semi and we have to qualify to get to a final, you're taking a spot away. And I do think that's weird because we are part of Europe. Mm. Now... That's my opinion. It's not everyone's opinion. I understand that. But for me, it made all of a sudden, as commentators, 
How is it when you can watch it and you're not in it, you can be fairly free? And we were always free with love, yep. right? We were, we were funny and naughty, but we were with lo- it was always with love. When all of a sudden you're in it, it's like going to someone's house and going to a dinner party and saying, I don't really like the food. Mm. Or that nitpicking the food or having a go. You're not as free to be able to have fun with what you're watching because you're outside, because you're in it. Before we were outsiders, we were, you almost have the license to be freer without being rude. Yeah. All of a sudden you're in it. I remember Sam and I going, well, what are we going to talk about? And we, we said, oh, I suppose we could pay out on ourselves. And we, we did do that, but that can only go so far. Mm. And it became weird to do. It didn't feel free. It didn't feel open. And then it just became about giving information. And, and whilst it was very exciting do not get me wrong, to hear extraordinary performers like Jess and Guy and Dami, good grief, Mm. what an extraordinary performer, and Isaiah get out there and do what they do best Mm -hmm. and, you know, to truly feel nervous. We did have that experience. For me, I would go back in a heartbeat if we weren't in it. Yeah. I just thought for me it just became difficult to be, to have enjoyed as much as I used to. And, look, we did it for eight years. It's not like we didn't have a great run at it, you know, and it's not like we didn't see how it all works. But there's a sadness about about not being there. But I'm glad that, you know, Sam and I had always said we would leave together um, and it was the right time. Yeah. And... And that's not to say I don't think, you know, people aren't doing amazing things and do we know who's going? Oh, Jessica, yeah, Jessica's going this Jessica's year. Jessica, yep. And look, Jessica knows the lay of the land. But again, you just want to say it's Eurovision. Anything could happen. They're working so, on an Asia vision, Australasia yeah, vision. Yeah, they're working it? on Asia. That would be amazing too. And I think we should be in Asia vision. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so that would be amazing Yeah, if that happens. Um, but... Uh, and also uh, part of me also thinks the show is becoming a little bit Americanized a bit when you know Justin Timberlake's the halftime interval um, entertainment at the grand final in Sweden. I'm not saying they're going to get ABBA, but he no, he did it last year. Oh, right, it's okay. not like you know why wouldn't you get an amazing Swedish? Why not get yeah. Roxette or why not get yeah. you know? I mean, get why some. Not get ABBA? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we know that ABBA are like we're not going to do it, but I mean, there's so <laughs> many amazing musicians in yeah. Sweden. We could have, and to bring Justin Timberlake in, it was like it just looked like a real move, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I want to, and also maybe five percent of the songs are sung in the language of the country. Everything else is in English. Yeah. We are only adding another English song, okay. another song in English. I mean, I, I just so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just I have real mixed feelings about it, and but that is not to say that having seen Jessica, Guy, and Dami up close working through that terrifying night, right, of doing your song once. I mean, it's an Australian Idol times a bazillion. Um, Extraordinary performers. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, and I hope they get something out of it. My thing is always if Isaiah can get something out of it, if Jess can get something out of it again, by all means, it's a a way into European market, you know, because it's a huge risk, Mm. right? It's a huge risk. Oh, I watched last year, yeah. And last year was the first time in eight years that I turned everything off and I sat down and actually watched it just, you know, with my partner, just nice and calm. And it was fabulous. And it was great to see Miff and Joel doing an amazing job, getting to know the new show, getting to know what it's about. It's a lot of information to learn the first time in that first year. And to go, I miss it, but where are all the songs in the other languages? (laughs) Maybe Portugal turned a corner. 
Portugal sure. this okay, year. Yeah. It's yeah. in Portugal. That turned a corner. Yeah. A, a Portuguese song won. Song Portuguese, that lovely boy. I hope he's all right. He's yeah. been quite ill with heart troubles. <clears throat> Who knows what will happen. But, you know, and, and you only need one host. Don't have two or three. One host is plenty. Petra Merde in Sweden, perfect example. One host. It's so good with language. I can't even, like, I can't talk any other language. No, I can you say anything? You just say no bueno a lot. I can be like, hola, feliz cumpleaños. What does that mean? Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we do have to let you go, Julie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My absolute pleasure. Don't forget that great idea about the dogs and dating. I think that's magical. My people will talk your people. I think it's magical. Thank you, boys. Let's put that air conditioner on. Yeah, let's do it. Thank God. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye.